Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Scott Hancock, and I host From Queer to Eternity, a new podcast exploring what it means to be queer, where we have conversations like this. I look at younger generations and go, you can just Google this stuff. The fact that the only mention of queerness was don't get AIDS. <laughs> if I'd been marrying a girl, that would not have happened. Maybe we can find a, a universality that, that we weren't aware of before. That's why this podcast so great, because actually, well, I guess we just don't think to speak of this stuff, and yet it's part of our fabric. From Queer to Eternity, available to listen to now from the Great Big Owl Company. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Game of Thrones The Walking Dead Westworld No, that's the West Wing. West, Westworld There we go. There have been many podcasts which seek to analyse the complexities, the depth, the plot lines, the hidden story arcs, the beauty of these productions. Quite simply, the world doesn't need another one, which is why we're applying that level of discussion to the bottom of the televisual barrel and scraping it with a weekly celebration of The One Show. Stop it now. Welcome to the The One Show Show live at the London Podcast Festival. Oh, yeah. Uh, Everyone's got a podcast, so thank you for coming uh, to this one. We're very grateful. We know you have a choice. In fact, since we were last here two years ago, there are now 27 million new podcasts a day. Uh, Just a show of hands. How many people here have a podcast? You lazy bastards. Everyone's got a podcast. But look, it's so good uh, that after all this time, of course, we're finally able to mix with people. Well, I know, hooray. We can interact. Look, we can have fun. Yeah. Although, of course, in the next room, as I speak, the Taliban are doing their podcast. Uh, shagged, married, killed with rocks. So do keep the noise down in case they get wind of this. 
Uh, so I'm John Holmes, and yes, it is the The One Show show, the podcast that batters the coastline of BBC One's early evening flagship magazine programme and then makes its way inland, laying waste to its tedious vox pops about the great British seaside and dumping a month's worth of derision on films about river wildlife. <laughs> Now, as regular listeners will know, this is a deep dive into TV's shallowest show. This week, then, watchdogs Matt Allwright spits rhymes, Nesbitt's teacups, and guests get subsumed by a giant silver egg. Plus, the one show has a new set design. And a new table. Rest assured, though, the content is the same old shit. Now, joining me to burn it all down, of course, please welcome, first of all, writer, podcaster, despiser of Gethin Jones, will you welcome Mark Haynes? <laughs> and our guest live in London, the creator of the far more successful podcast than this, The Battersea Poltergeist, his new play, 222, stars Lily Allen, it's getting rave reviews in the West End, it's writer and ghost wrangler, Danny Robbins! <laughs> All right. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Uh, First first question. I'm not going to ask you this, Mark, because I know the answer. But, Danny, the one show, familiarity with or just forced to watch it for this, like most of our Um, guests? You you know, I hadn't watched it for years. And then I watched it the other day because, uh, as you say, I was doing this play, 222, and Lily Allen and Jake Wood, our actors, went on the one show. Yeah. And so um, that was the first time I watched it. But just before they went on, I had this conversation with Lily where she said there'd been this research phone call. They called you beforehand. They sort of talked through the interview. And they said to her, you're going to be followed. This piece about your ghost play is going to be followed by a piece on litter. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Words that send shivers down anybody's spine. um, And they said... This is, bear in mind, this is to Lily Allen. They say, have you got any funny stories about litter? <laughs> <laughs> and then, had she? Well, it then prompted a discussion where we realised that she did. <laughs> she did. Uh, and, and I realised I had my own funny story about litter as well, and I suddenly started wishing that I had been on the show so I could pull it out and go, well, now, since you mentioned it, actually. Yeah. Well, what is your funny story about litter? Oh, um, well, uh, it's... Um, <laughs> I, I, I was just once, leave it hanging there. I was once locked into my house by a wardrobe. Um, that had been fly-tipped on my doorstep. So I I basically (laughs) was about to leave my house to go somewhere, opened my door and realised I couldn't actually open it because there was a wardrobe, all the bits of a wardrobe, on my doorstep blocking my way out. Do you live in (laughs) working-class Narnia? (laughs) (laughs) It it felt like some sort of reverse of Narnia, literally. um, But I couldn't get out of my house because of this, these bits of this wardrobe. So I had to call the council and say, somebody's trapped me in my house with a wardrobe. Can you rescue me? Thank uh, God you weren't on the one show. They were. Yeah, uh, there you go. The thing is, if, they, if you'd have said, no, I don't have a good story about litter, the one show will go, that's fine, tell that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amal Rajan is back. Oh, yeah, he's back to the clamour of absolutely no one. Um, he's, every, he's everywhere, isn't he, Amal Rajan? Still, he's everywhere. Can you be double jabbed against Amal Rajan? <laughs> um, but now, here's the thing he's back on the one show, but he makes weird noises, okay? Exhibit A, the end of this clip. Hello and welcome to Wednesday's One Show with Alex Jones. And look now, we haven't seen him in far too long. It's lovely to have you back, Amal. Lovely, to, lovely be back. to have you back. And you've picked a good night, haven't you? I have. You know, I can't resist a scoop out. And tonight we have got an absolutely massive one because we are going to be exclusively revealing the first three contestants for Strictly Come Dancing 2021. I literally can hardly contain myself. Uh, we've been keeping it... A secret. Uh, we've even had to refer to them by their code names, yep. which are, by the way, 
Buzz Lightyear, SpongeBob SquarePants, and Marge Simpson. Let the guessing games begin. Mm. Tonight we've even. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> <laughs> and there they go. <laughs> They, they do reveal who the celebrities they've given the code names to are during the course of that show. And you've got to be careful with code names because if you give them celebrity code names that are better than the actual celebrities <laughs> who are on, if someone said to me, SpongeBob SquarePants is on Strictly, I'd go, how the fuck are they going to do that? <laughs> fuck it, but it turns out it's Tom from McFly. <laughs> oh, you spoilt it now, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, we were Spoiler waiting alert. for that to come through. Yeah, no, it's... Um, it's, well, you know, a, a good start for Amal, I think, back, in, back into the sort of new series. But then you're right, we do meet, of course, the first um, Strictly contestant. Um, and he's, uh, I mean, there's a, there's a recap of his, what they do, they do a recap of their careers before they're on. Okay, and I found myself being absolutely none the wiser at first. Yeah, and then they went, you know, he's written ten number ones, and I'm going, is it SpongeBob Square? <laughs> I don't know. But then he's uh, he's sitting in a silver egg. It's all about you. Well, there are going to be people screaming at the television right now. Yes, we know he can sing, but can he dance? Who is it all about? It is, of course, Tom Fletcher! Yeah. <laughs> Why is it in an egg? <laughs> Like a fucking strip club at Easter. <laughs> I mean, I was screaming at the television, but not for the reason she thinks. <laughs> he fascinates but, me because he's like a baby Benjamin Button. Because when he first came along, he looked about 14. And 10 years later, he looks about 11. <laughs> he's constantly going back and back. But I, I really wanted the chair to kind of hatch, to crack open and for him to spring out from it. <laughs> like one of those... My kids have got these things called Hatchimals. Oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah, those? yeah. You know what Hatchimals are? Where you put an, like a plastic egg in some water, you know, which you don't do these days. It's single use. The one show would be crazy about that. Um, and then it hatches some animal out. Yeah, if they'd left him there for three days, and eventually his nose poked out the front of it and cracked it open. It, it's a funny thing, this show, because they are using the one show to just promote a different BBC show. So they promote strictly through it. And they also uh, have Watchdog. Uh, a failed BBC show that comes back within this one. It would have been good if that silver egg was actually part of a relaunch of V. And when it had turned round, the lizards had burst out of it, just eaten ammo. It'd just go, ah. Um, there was a, a link that came up, um, that came up next where they were... <laughs> so this is, this is part of the Vox Pop. This is the one show Vox Pop. Uh, which they've just started doing, I've noticed. I haven't gone back to watch it. It's a really sort of late... They've obviously... Whether it's a COVID thing, I don't know. But they've gone back... Instead of getting, you know, wildlife cameramen and sending them into rivers, what they've done is just go onto the streets of certain places of Britain and ask really inane things, right? And they, they, they had... The, this, was, this was a shit link. I mean, that doesn't narrow it down, <laughs> I realise. But, but the, way, the way into it... I mean, have a listen to, to the skill. <laughs> <laughs> With which they take what's going on in the world to get into a pointless film. There have been plenty of upbeat headlines today. More massive success for Team GB at the Olympics and COVID hospitalisations seem to be coming down. With all that in mind, how optimistic are you feeling right now? We, we sent Resi Gajar to Aylesbury in Buckinghamshire to find out. I mean, what? <laughs> oh, COVID looks... All... So they've gone and done a film about... How optimistic it is to be. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're obsessed with Vox Pops at the minute. And they're also, they know they're crap. 
They know they are crap because each one of their VTs about Vox Pops lasts a maximum of 25 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) But I I love a Vox Pop. Um, And I I used to do them a bit. And I just remember like spending days and days and days doing Vox Popping. And then it ends up being 30 seconds on screen. But but I I think also... um, I was always struck by how it'd be really different in different places. Like, I grew up in Newcastle, yeah. as you can tell by my really strong accent. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I was actually stolen. Uh, I'm a foundling. I was stolen by the Mandalorians. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, no, but, I mean, in Newcastle, it was just brilliant. You know, people would be naturally witty. They'd sort of, you know, they'd, they'd give you loads of stuff. You know, like, I remember like, talking to people about Vikings there and <laughs> saying for this history program and saying, what would you do if a Viking came to your town? And this bloke went, oh, I'd probably um, set fire to his tours. Um, pull his teeth out and this other bloke went just crossbow <laughs> genuinely chilling but then, but then you go to like London and people really standoffish didn't want to talk to you or you yeah. go to like Shoreditch and they were like what kind of camera have you got mate and start pitching their TV pilot to you you know but, um, but it it's totally depends on where you are and like you know the BBC used to be really lazy and just go out onto Shepherd's Bush Green and do all their stuff there so at least with the one show they are travelling around a bit now well you say they're travelling around this week uh, we saw one from Aylesbury and Rickmansworth and both of them are 20 minutes outside of London <laughs> so they sound like they're further away when you say it's Buckinghamshire, <laughs> yeah. it's Buckinghamshire Hertfordshire border, <laughs> and then Hertfordshire border goes to Middlesex border, which is part of the city of London. <laughs> you know, it's not that far away. You were saying it takes a long time, and obviously you're trying to get the best bits. I would say for the 25 seconds of Vox Pops that they did there, it took them 25 seconds of Vox <laughs> yeah. Popping. Yeah. Would you like to meet the people of Aylesbury? <laughs> oh, I absolutely would not. <laughs> but bear in mind, they travelled to Aylesbury to find out about the optimism because of COVID and because of the Olympic optimism of Aylesbury. So we were promised a free and happy Great British summer by the powers that be. Do you still feel you're restricted or do you feel like we you are have very got restricted. freedom? Look at the town. Look at the town. This coronavirus has left its mark. So what things have been making you feel cheerful then? At the moment, nothing. <laughs> a lot of people are out about now in the community and it's really great to see people smiling faces. I enjoy every moment of it. I went to Southend, I had fish and chips. Has the Olympics given you a reason to be cheerful? Yes, absolutely. Wake up and a, that TV goes on and a, <laughs> oh, we've won another gold, a silver, a bronze. So it's reasons to be proud. Absolutely. It is brilliant that the Olympics are cheering people, as, uh, people up. But sad, really, about Katrina Johnson-Thompson. That yeah. was filmed before oh, we knew about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even on the back of it. <laughs> off the back of it, that. you go, yeah, it really cheers you up. But actually, here's something sad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fact that that's an absolute classic one show, isn't it, that? Sort of like we've filmed something, we've got nothing else in its place, we're going to have to show it anyway, but then there's going to have to be a caveat at the end <laughs> because something bad happened between the filming and now. Yeah. And it was almost, you know, it's like, so don't, but you don't, <laughs> drop, don't drop it, even though it's a worthless film. It's a pointless <laughs> film. And also, that guy, um, what do you yeah, it's Aylesbury. He's just going to give fish and chips in Southend. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the woman who says there's nothing good, I mean, I felt quite low at that moment. That, that brought my mood down there. Yeah, and I think you've actually, you might have snipped a bit out of there, because unless, unless I just missed it there, there's a bit where... Um, one of the women who said, um, you know, the fact we're alive is the best thing she can think of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She it, then it's said, the same woman, actually. Yeah. They, and they she talked around from nothing to, <laughs> well, we're alive. But okay, then right. she then says, because every time you turn on the TV, it's all about COVID. And I thought, well, you're hardly fucking helping, are you? <laughs> Going on about COVID. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those one-show things, though, where they... they they really don't like it if they it could be seen to be the slightest bit controversial. Mm. 
So they have to do the, oh, my God, what if someone emails us? What if someone writes in about the Olympics thing? Uh, and, oh, oh, quickly do a cat. It's almost like after every film they do, they should just go, right, that was shot after 9-11. <laughs> yeah. um, I, mean, I mean, on a serious note, it does feel like watching this as a newbie coming to this. You know, and I, I do feel a bit like the guy who's walked in saying, I like Doctor Who to people who really like Doctor <laughs> Who. You know? We don't like uh, it, Danny. Yeah. We don't yeah. like I think you'll find in season 10, episode 38. <laughs> um, um, but, no, I mean, walking into this, it feels like it is shot through with this kind of fear and caution and risk-averseness of we cannot offend anybody at all. Yeah. And the result of that is that it gets really bland, you know, and you, yeah. you can't express an opinion. And it was really nice, sort of, you know, later episodes, don't want to spoil it, but uh, <laughs> uh, it gets better. But um, in the, some of the later episodes that you sent me, those kind of, um, presuming they're kind of bootlegged ones you ripped off. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. pass them around. Like we, we pass them around. It's a big <laughs> market for bootleg one shows. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the dark web is yeah. 98% one show yeah. repeats. I remember the old cassettes of NWA that would get passed around at school. This, this is the new, the new uh, hardcore hip-hop. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, in some of the other episodes, I liked it when somebody came in and wasn't afraid to just push it a little bit, you know. And, mm, yeah. You know, it needs that, doesn't it? It does. Well, it's when, get, well, the guest's about to come up, right? Yeah. So you spotted this. This was, this was uh, the actor Dan Stevens. Yeah. Uh, in his garden, except he wasn't yeah, so in where Amor yeah, yeah. thought he was. Yeah, so Dan Stevens is an actor. He's got a new film coming out where he plays what they term a romantic German-speaking robot. Um, it's the word romantic there has been used in place of the more explanatory and commonly used fuckball. Um, but he's in a German language film where he plays a cyborg who's been built for a uh, woman that meets all of her criteria and she's doing it as a social experiment saying, well, I'm not going to fall in love with a cyborg. It sounds brilliant. Um, it, it's also worth saying they were very interested in making it clear that it is possible to watch a film as a British person that has subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he comes in and the first thing he says is because they've been talking about the fact it's German, he does speak German and he says, ah, guten Abend. And Amol hears it and he obviously doesn't know that Guten Abend is a German phrase. <laughs> and so his brain goes, what did he just say? And he thinks, I know, he must have said, it's good in Bahamas. <laughs> so when he says Guten Abend, Amel then has a line that he uses that only makes sense if you realise he thinks Dan Stevens has said, good in Bahamas. Welcome, Dan Stevens! Ah! Hey, Dan! Guten Abend. Hey, good to see you. Not from the Bahamas, but from your home in America. Listen. <laughs> Unbelievable. Now, you might think, well, no, he didn't. He didn't make that mistake. Uh, but, I mean, there's absolutely no other reason why you say not in the Bahamas. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to All Rather Mysterious, the podcast that aims to unlock the mysteries of the past with the key of fact. My name is John Rain. My name is Eleanor Morton. My name is David Reed. Please join us as we present to you mysteries that have baffled the world. You had any noises? What about um, a door creaking? Uh, no, um, you don't have to do it. That weird kadook that yeah, lights well, going off makes for some reason in films. <laughs> All rather mysterious. Later on, Dan Stevens will uh, use more German, and he uses the ger- uh, He's basically doing a build-up to uh, one of the Strictly people oh, to reveal yeah. them. Yeah. And you will understand watching that clip that neither of them understand even the German for he is. Yeah. So uh, it's very much he doesn't know it. Um, that, that movie, I thought, looked really, really good. Um, people were perplexed. They kept having to re- repeat the phrase, romantic German-speaking robot. <laughs> <laughs> Just, oh, it was magic. <laughs> and at one point, Dan Stevens talks about, he says, it's a great film. He says, it's got that typical German sense of humour. And nobody pulled him up on it. <laughs> nobody went, oh, yeah, the typical German sense of humour. But um, th- this is not the best Dan Stevens interview ever, though. Do you remember that one he did with Susanna Reid on Good Morning Britain, where she- he-, he just got this big role, and she said to him, is it true that you had to beat off a lot of men to get this role? <laughs> and-, and he just goes into hysterics, and she doesn't understand why. And, and it's-, it's a beautiful moment. Dan Stevens is obviously <laughs> destined to go through life's interviews with people not understanding <laughs> exactly <laughs> what he's yeah. going on about. Yeah, but then yeah. you're right, this, this bit, he did. And it- and- and it's- but he knows... That they fucked it up, Dan. So oh, yeah. he tries to help in the background. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's yeah. worth saying. If you don't speak German, you can work out what Before Dan we Stevens let you go, is saying. We've got, you know, it's time to reveal another one of our strictly celebs or strictly contestants for this year. Yeah. Do you reckon, it's a bit of an ask this, do you reckon you could do the next clue and give it to us in German? Yes, if I can wish my mum and dad a happy golden wedding anniversary <laughs> this Saturday. Oh, Deal. Go for it. Deal. All right. Okay, so, er ist Schauspieler, Aktor und Komiker. Er ist der beste Freund von David Mitchell. Sie sind ein Comedy-Doppelakt. Er ist... I mean... That's pretty obvious. It doesn't matter if you even can't speak German. I think we got the gist of that pretty well there. David Mitchell. Dan, that was immense. Thank you. You're uh, a legend. If you heard Thank the you name guys. David Mitchell, that is a big clue. That's isn't a it? major clue, Huge. isn't it? Because for years he's been making us laugh alongside his best mate David, whether that's in sketches or on the incredibly successful Peep Show. Uh-huh. It is, of course, author, comedian, and actor Robert Webb! Robert Webb! Yeah! <laughs> come back, come back, come back! Hello! I mean. <laughs> can we watch that again? I mean, I, mean, I just. The fact he just sets them up with one line. You can understand every single word of German in that, but yeah, he does, yeah, yeah. even if you don't speak German. Yeah, yeah. And he's a, he is... He isn't a comedy doppelact. Er ist... I mean... That's pretty obvious, It doesn't isn't matter it? if I mean, you even can't speak German. I think you got the gist of that pretty well us, there. David Mitchell. Dan, that was immense. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> and then we're back to the silver egg. That was quite a boring chat with Robert Webb, I thought, though. 
It was. Oh, it I was, thought he was working really hard. I thought everything oh, he, he said oh, was oh, funny. He but, worked hard. Yeah. No, but, you'll see it again later where the harder someone works and the better they are, the more the main presenters go, don't like this. Yeah, Th- this yeah, isn't yeah, what yeah. this show is about. Yeah, yeah. Not happy about yeah. that. Do not resist the black hole. <laughs> yeah. Don't come on here and try and be entertaining. That's the last thing we want. I know. See the last 10 you, years. You can literally see the disapproval if someone comes on and is a bit funny and a bit sharp like Robert is there. And they're just like... We do not like that. Yeah, the fact that he did a funny thing with the silver egg where he turned around a bit too far. Come back. Come back now. (laughs) That's a shame. That's a shame. (laughs) That's just silly now. Come on. Um, Robert Webb looking very much like both future Prince William now. And And future Robert Webb as well. (laughs) Even more future Prince Harry. So a perfect combination. If you've ever thought about what it'd be like if those two got it on. (laughs) And then had a baby that was old. Yeah, it's it's on the dark web. Uh, So, But you said, Danny, something interesting earlier about the fact that he's obviously going on Strictly now. Right, but but as the, as the as the sort of decrepit comedian, <laughs> well, this this feels, this feels a bit harsh to air in public. Thank you, John. But no, I mean, I, I just remember Robert as being like part of the kind of comedy scene, the kind of my contemporaries kind of yeah. coming through yeah, comedy. Yeah, yeah. And now I suddenly had this realization that he was going to be there as the kind of funny older man. You know, yeah. he was going to be like that bloke Mike, the sports reporter, two seasons ago, who has a bad back and falls over, and you just wonder if he's maybe a bit too handsy. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were on to Watchdog. So, if you don't know, uh, and there's no reason why you should, the uh, as, as Mark said, the failed television programme Watchdog got sort of cancelled from its own slot, but given a bit on the one show, right? This happened uh, like 18 months or so ago, I suppose. So, Matt Allwright, who presents it, uh, now just sort of has to find his own bit of the one show studio, which they've sort of so, set up for So, it. is this a bit like when you lose your job, but you pretend to your wife you've still got it, and you go, <laughs> you go, and, you go and sit in the park, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then go back at the end he of the day? sits in the park for okay. sort of 20 minutes, and then pops okay. to the one show okay. for the, the last... One, the one show is the metaphorical part. Okay, right, okay. Um, but it, the, he, he does this piece about, about um, a company that are, are fraudulently helping people move house, right? You say fraudulently, they did everything they said they would, <laughs> and then the BBC absolutely monstered them. <laughs> So they were, they were a company called Anyvan. Yeah. Um, they've, they've been all over the BBC. I don't think they're going to be bothered about us talking about them. Uh, but they basically have a thing where they are a removals company. And if you ring them up, what they do is they go, oh, we'll outsource it to our you know, people on our books. Yeah. And then we send the vans along. And that's what they've been doing. And people were like, oh, I thought they were going to have Anyvan written on the side. And they didn't. And so yeah. then they got 15 minutes on the BBC where they were basically held up as being the worst company on earth. This <laughs> one bloke was late. <laughs> yeah. They said they had hundred, loads and loads of complaints about this company. And if they had loads and loads of complaints, why did they show... The, the two they showed was one van was five hours late and the other one uh, was too small and couldn't do it all in one day. <laughs> 15 minutes <laughs> they're, they're, of attacking them over yeah, that. They, they yeah. properly went for them as well. I mean, they, they, they pixelate all of the faces of the any van drivers in yeah, it, yeah. which instantly makes you think they are paedophiles or <laughs> drug dealers or, or actually knowing the actually, BBC possibly they have just, advertising just logos with, on their faces. But, uh, with the caveat that the drivers of any van are not paedophiles. <laughs> I'm not connecting it, but they had an old couple who made the complaint and the bloke did look a bit shitmany. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, it seemed to me, though, was taken up with Matt Allwright's new love of poetry, right? So did you, not, did you spot this? So Matt Allwright... How could I spot it? I was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Allwright used to just present Watchdog, but since he, he, he's, he's had to up his game a bit, right? So he keeps, he keeps rhyming stuff. 
So, well, first of all, he said, moving is one of the most stressful things up there with serious illness, just after Robert Webb had talked about his serious illness. Mm. So I thought that was a nice thing. But then he does another of his rhyming couplets. Well, tonight, some pretty moving stories from customers of house removals platform, any van, sleeping on floors, being held to ransom by your driver on moving day, as if it weren't stressful enough. And... My sweet lord, what's going on with action fraud? It's to be scrapped after being called unfit for purpose at the very time we need it most. Who are you going to call? Well, we've got your number. <laughs> then it went to the film, and he's, um, he's talking about... He, he said the man was held to ransom. <laughs> right? <laughs> the little van turned up. The man put it in. There were still lets left over, and the guy said, I'll come back tomorrow, but I'll have to charge you. And he said, I mean, in those moments when you just don't know what's up or what's down, he said, I just agreed. It's not being held to ransom. <laughs> that was agreeing a price and service. <laughs> and it was done. And now he's on... Uh, I, 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 I still can't get over the full iambic pentameter there. That was, that was <laughs> impressive. But, but also, he, he did say that moving house was the third most stressful thing. Yeah. And I'm presuming that being on the one show is either number one or number two. <laughs> <laughs> <Is that right? laughs> Sitting in the silver egg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right up there. Well, when they went to the film, they, they talked about... Um, uh, the, the, you said they, they, did, they moaned because they didn't have the logo on the side of the van. People also complained because the Enivan drivers didn't have branded polo shirts. Right? <laughs> so then they, they showed a clip of someone making a branded polo shirt, right? and he said in the voiceover, undemanding branding with built-in understanding. (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling in that bit as well, uh, due to the age of the people, the parts of the country they were both in and moving to, I bet there was a lot of edits where it all came down to, and one of them didn't speak very good English. (laughs) Not only do they not have polo shirts, they did not play polo either. (laughs) None of them had a horse. But the the, 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 the film itself, right, there there was a weird, a very strange bit where... Um, he, he was standing in the back of a van himself, right, at the end of this film. For, for You know, the director had clearly gone, all right, we need to make just this shit film up a bit. Stand in the back of a van and two men will open the doors. Um, but I want, I want you to watch... Right, he, he couldn't work out what to do with his thumb. <laughs> right, and then, no, then, then he, at the end of it, he sort of doubles down on it. Right. So this is this is watch Matt's thumbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As they said to the yeah. runner on the studio floor. <laughs> in Derek's case, any van told us the wrong number of vans turned up because any van staff inputted the wrong details. As for Gene and Elwin's driver, it says the partner has been removed from its network. Over the past few months, we've had more complaints about any van than all of the big traditional removals companies put together. Perhaps the point is this. When you're moving house, you don't just want any van. You want the right van or vans for the job. (laughs) Now, if you've been affected by anything in the sight of Matt Allwright hopping out of a van like a dad, then we do have trained counsellors standing by at the back of the room. (laughs) What was he doing? Does he he live in the van now? (laughs) But I, I feel like we need to sort of explain that a bit for the audience at home. But basically, yeah, it is yeah, sort of yeah. no fucking if they don't buy a ticket, <laughs> <laughs> seek it out, people seek it out. Yeah. But no, it is essentially artful dodger-esque kind of use of yeah. thumbs, isn't it? He slots them effortlessly into his pockets and then yeah. leaps down and sort of boy. Well, he just can't. Kind of between every sentence, like he's way. got. He's, it's sort of hanging on like a line dancing cowboy. <laughs> he's tucking his left thumb into his pocket and then he takes it out to gesture a bit. 
And then he puts it back. Then he, then he doesn't quite put it back and takes it out straight away. And then, in the end, he puts both thumbs in both pockets and hops out of the van. <laughs> <laughs> what a twat. <laughs> have you got the clip of him enjoying the silver egg? I have. Oh, but, but just before that, though, have you got any of the dramatic reconstruction of the move? Because that was the bit, <laughs> that, was the bit that really got me. That they, they bring to life this nightmare move. And there's a moment where you can see these horrible pixelated... Not paedophile uh, <laughs> re- re- removers brush past the sofa and they knock the cushion on the floor. And they don't pick that cushion up; they stand on that cushion. And that moment, you know, these are people who would do anything. You know, that could be that could be a, a kitten, that could be a child's face. You know, they, they they stand on that cushion and walk out. And I was like, yeah, no sympathy for these people at all. So the level of what people expect. So the couple complained. They said they were moving out all the furniture and it has started to rain and they didn't cover it up as they took it out. And they said we ended up sleeping on a damp mattress that night it was horrendous they said they don't cover up things in the rain it's not any van's fault it was raining and the guy was putting your furniture cover your furniture yeah, plas- yeah. cover it in plastic yourself you dick I, I, I mean you know these people do you want to see Matt all right in an egg yes okay <laughs> Never gonna Sorry, happen. I can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> Never gonna happen. If your mover has let you down, we want to know about it. Watchdog at bbc.co.uk at BBC Watchdog on Twitter. We are- right, listen, right, he's just giving me the Twitter. Has anyone got has anyone got Twitter on their phone? Right? Okay, so that Twitter address at BBC Watchdog. Right? Get it out now. Take your phones out. Right? If you look at Twitter, just as we go along, at BBC Watchdog and say you've seen Matt Alright in a shoddy egg. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag all right, shoddy egg. And then hashtag the other one. He's a bad egg, that one. Uh, I like the fact he'd invented the word scamdemic. Yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. Proud of him. Piggybacking on COVID, isn't he? He was probably desperate trying to rhyme it with something earlier on, but didn't think of pandemic. Yeah. It's um, worth, worth saying the last, the last person on Strictly this year is AJ Adudu. Yes. Uh, and it was amazing when they went through her list of credits of all the shows that I've heard of. It's amazing that like, there are people who appear on television and you go, I've never seen them before. She was on loads and loads of stuff you'd heard of. And just that, that, that sort of weird thing where as you get old, you stop noticing new people. I've, I've only got enough brain space now. She was new. I thought she was lovely. Yeah, she was great. She Someone was great. with enthusiasm. Yeah. She, she's going to win. Yeah, yeah. But, but enthusiasm on the one yeah. show as well. Yeah. And again, they didn't quite know how to handle all that they didn't like that at all no. you know but i think you know she was great and i think even in that short little period she was there she absolutely blew everybody else on the show well, she the did and, and i thought i genuinely thought i thought why aren't you presenting the one show yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. a level that's of why they didn't like that's that, why. Yeah. <laughs> back in your egg <laughs> <laughs> um let's move on to um the the second show we're talking about because um uh especially for mark really because this was a gethin episode mm. and we know what a fan you are um, this is a very welsh show Oh, very yeah. well. Very well. It could not be more well. Very well. Yeah. Well, um, it's quite funny because you get Welsh presenters together and they're like sort of fractal. So if you've got two, it's not like two Welsh people. It's like 12 Welsh people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they get Joanna Page, who is about 50% more Welsh than anyone else. <laughs> and you get Alex Jones, who is about 30% more Welsh than anyone else. And you put them together and they are just like a million percent Welsh. It's just... 
it was an unbelievably difficult to watch is show. It, is, it, is that what sucked Gethin's power away? At the, <laughs> at the beginning of this, yeah, you sp- it was quite. I, a- I think he's. I, I genuinely think he is. He 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 presents as if he's talking to someone who is in a coma, and he's one of those <laughs> scary oh, that's the nurses, audience. That's the viewers. Like you come in and you sort of go, uh, "Is everything all right in here?" And he goes, "I've just been telling your mum how lovely her hair is." <laughs> Weird fucking. Go- but you see it on this one. And you suddenly realise, we've just, you know, we've been talking about the um, romantic German uh, robot <laughs> thing. It's like his, he's like a presenter robot and the batteries aren't good enough to keep the incredible car- carapace going. Yeah. This is it the just, start, it right? It doesn't quite move. Welcome to The One Show with Gavin Jones. And Alex Jones. We're live on BBC One and iPlayer and we've got a cracking show lined up for you. Yes, we have. Lined up for you. <laughs> it's like Welsh lithium. Two L's. <laughs> lithium. Uh, yeah. Put... <laughs> I, I mean, personally, I think he's got future Bond written all over him. <laughs> uh, it's a tattoo on his bum. But, um, but no, I mean, can, as, as one show obsessives, can you give me a bit of the backstory about Geffen? Because I'm kind of intrigued. I want to know, is, is there a kind of like an origins movie of Geffen? <laughs> yeah. oh, I mean, just just his name was. alone makes him sound like yeah. a supervillain. Uh, like he, he was in the crowd and his parents were killed <laughs> by a rampaging guest. Uh, he, he ran away. He went round the back of the set where he began picking up presenting tips through the thick <laughs> curtains. No, they found him on some awful kids' show and they just went, that'll do. <laughs> there he is. Yeah. Uh, 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 he is appalling in this show and uh, part of the reason <laughs> he is appalling is because he doesn't add anything to it. Quite often people will say funny things and they'll go, well, that's nice. Or yeah. Yeah. he will repeat what people say. So they'll go, yeah, so it was great fun. They'll go, great fun. <laughs> <laughs> Just such a wet blanket. There's an odd thing at the beginning of this show where, so normally on the one show, you know, having watched it like we have to, uh, for you, right, they, there, are, there are links, they might be shit, but there are at least links, right, the way that they, they get into films and they get into different things that are happening, right? And, and so, so this next thing that happened, I was expecting that to turn into a link for something that mm. they were getting to. But it didn't. It was like small talk they should have had before the cameras were on. Right. And it just went on and on. So I thought Alex was going to introduce a film about Scottish COVID restrictions. But then it just honestly came to small talk about whether or not they like hugging <laughs> and went nowhere. Now, today, though, Scotland's First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, has revealed that the country would be dropping almost all of its remaining COVID restrictions from next Monday, the 9th, including social distancing. <sighs> and, you know, we've had a chat about this today, about etiquette, because people now are starting to get quite familiar again, aren't they? A bit friendly. Some come in here, they want a big hug. It's awkward. Yeah. I mean, you know. What do you, what do you like, you know, with, with uh, the bumps? Are you... Staying away from the hugs at the moment? Do you do a little bit, little bump? Oh, you could do a Belly, bump to yeah. bump. That's too oh, yeah, you could just go yeah. boom, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm sort of, yeah, I'm sort of staying away from hugs, but I find it so hard because I'm a very huggy person. So I, I've noticed that I just sort of make a noise and go, like that, as if yeah. I'm sort of hugging the air, because I need to do I something. Know. Mm. I know. Social distancing. <laughs> to the, the chicken elbow. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah. Right, also, what is a chicken elbow? Because <laughs> I don't... Is that a thing people say? Is it called a chicken elbow? I've but, never heard it called no, a chicken elbow. Also, right, don't call it... Just call it a human elbow, because that's what it is. Well, Why but, are you pulling the notion of wildfowl into this Greek? You might as well call it... Let's do the seahorse knee. No, I haven't got one. But, but, but do you know what kind of elbows Geffen has, though? I mean, have you seen him with his that's sleeves a, rolled up? Point, actually, yeah. He may have chicken elbows. It's possible. Chickens don't have elbows! 
<laughs> Classic bit of Gethin there when Asim goes, yeah, like a big bump. And Gethin just goes, I'll do it too. <laughs> <laughs> now it's my joke. I mean, just... A- a- Asim Chowdhury in this episode is a classic example of the funny interesting person they invite yeah. on mm. to sit there looking awkward until the very end when they let them talk for 50 seconds. Yeah, I'm surprised you know, they didn't put him in an egg, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> but it, it's kind of like a, a sort of trial. It's kind of an ordeal, a trial by combat. You have to go and sit there for, for, for like the entire duration of the show just to yeah. get to do a little bit at the end. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's exactly the premise. They have Hollywood stars. You know, we talked about this last week, didn't they? Ryan Reynolds was on, Matt Damon, and they're sitting there. But they don't just have them on for a bit. They make them watch the one show. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what must they make of it? Just, you know, Ryan Reynolds there, he's to, uh, plugging his film, and he's got to watch some film about ice cream. Like, <laughs> I did, there was a mention that Joanna Page did where she said, oh, yes, all of, all of us are pregnant. You know, you, Alex, and me, and Eve Miles. So it's everyone who works on BBC Radio Wales doing the Sunday morning show. I was thinking, there's three of them on a web. We have got to listen to that show. <laughs> Dude, hung over, listening to those three. Oh, yeah, oh. chicken elbow. <laughs> <laughs> This led into, eventually, um, that chat went nowhere, but it was then to get to a film about Blackpool with uh, the presenter Barney Harwood. We, we were saying it's a shame that they, we, we'd already made up our minds to do some old episodes because they've got new ones on at the minute. Yeah, and I tell you what, yeah. this film justifies that decision because in the pantheon of the best bad one show, yeah. this is right fucking up there. I mean, it starts, right, where, you, again, the director's in charge and he's going, look, we've, we, we've been handed this shit card, right? And we've got to try and make Blackpool look interesting. So what we're going to do, we're going to put you, Barney, on a deck chair, all the cliches, and we're going to make you eat rock. And as you'll see, it's very clear that Barney Harwood fucking hates rock. (laughs) Yep, the stripy deck chair. Over the years, you'd see old guys sitting in these with knotted hankies on their heads, soaking up the sun, chewing on a stick of Blackpool rock, don't mind if I do. I mean, he does mind. That, this was a great pivoting thing where they were like, there's four different stories here. We've got no way of, of like connecting them. So we'll just put them one after the other. And the first one was about the return of deck chairs to yeah. Blackpool Beach after 10 years when the council went, there's no demand for them. Yeah. And it was a local businessman who's now charging £4 for a deck chair. And he's like, well, they're back. And he was saying, people, they come to Blackpool and they've seen what Blackpool has to offer. Like a deck chair like you've got in your shed. But they were like, well, that can't do a t- two-minute piece. So let's move on to the next bit. <laughs> and you just got then the hotel. Oh the, 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 <laughs> I cannot wait for you to see this hotel. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I, you, I sent this to you, right? I mean, did you open mouth, presumably, at the state of this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All I can say is bring it on. Okay. Across town, hotels and B&Bs are filling up fast. Even the unfortunately named Corona Guest House. <laughs> Paul Ward and husband Richard Gregory have run it for 20 years. During lockdown, they closed the hotel for 11 months. But now, they've really bounced back. In our 20 years, it hasn't been this busy. It's been like this continuous since we opened in May. Do you think you had any kind of... Look how busy it was. (laughs) It was empty. (laughs) The first shot they showed are two women and four empty seats. The second one, five people, 13 empty chairs. It's getting emptier as the film goes on. I love that you paused it and counted them as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Just magic. And there we jam the brakes onto part one of the podcast and bring it to a screeching halt right in the middle of your listening pleasure. But fear not, we'll be back tomorrow with more One Show, just as soon as the US military have stopped using it as torture by playing films about Pine Martins to insurgents that they've hung from the ceiling of a freight container. Goodbye! (laughs) 
Mr. P here. And the other Mr. P. And we are the hosts of two Mr. P's in a podcast. The educational podcast where you don't actually learn a thing. No, instead we explore the weird, wonderful and downright hilarious things that happen in school from people actually doing the job. We reminisce on our own time at school, funny things we experience each day. And of course, we share your hilarious stories from the chalk face. So if you work in a school or just want a nostalgic trip down memory lane, sit up straight, fingers on lips, and get ready for the lesson. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.